Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Well, 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 it's time for episode 166 with Mr. R. Randall Ramirez. If my voice is sounding sexier and sultrier, it's because I'm sick. That's right, ladies. <laughs> Nothing sexy like a mucus-filled Jewish man. Anyway, uh, welcome. I am a little ill, and I don't know what it is. I know what it's not. Okay, so don't at me when you ask me if I've tested myself. I have. Uh, it is not that. But anyway, um, I'm not feeling so great. And I want to say that it is because this is the second year now that it's happened that it, it was my flu shot because I had my flu shot this week. And about four or five hours later, I was sick. So uh, still still sick. A few days later, still here, still here. And uh, slept a lot today. I'm recording this on Saturday before it comes out. It is 2.45 when I'm recording this, and I just woke up. So I uh, I do feel better, but I don't normally sleep that much. I'm not normally that uh, much of a daytime sleeper. So anyway, enough about me. I had Randall Ramirez on. Uh, once again, you know, I think I've told quite a few people this. The reason I left doing this podcast is because I was tired of the week-to-week search and destroy, seek and destroy of finding a teacher to interview, and sometimes I'd be stressing out and waiting till the 11th hour and getting somebody because some people were not available or they say I am available, but it needs to wait till next week or two weeks from now because I'm in show week or, you know, tech week, which obviously is understandable when it's a theater podcast. So this past uh, or these past two weeks, I've put in the can, I've put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven interviews in the can that should get me to Texas Thespians, where hopefully I get a few live ones. I'm looking for people to interview at Texas Thespians. I won't have much to do. Uh, And I'll be at the Dallas one. So if you're at the Dallas Grapevine, whatever you want to call it, Gaylord, uh, Texas Thespians, and I'll be reminding everybody as we go. I would love to talk to you live and in person, maybe over a drink. No, I can't have a drink. I'm bringing kids this year. So Maybe over like an iced tea or like an Arnie Palmy or something like that. So, um, but I've got Randall Ramirez on. Uh, He did not stop smiling the entire time that I was talking to him, which is like the most heartwarming, enjoyable thing to watch. Like somebody that is like enjoying what they do and what they talk about. And you're going to hear some of the stuff that he says. uh, And, you know, if you don't mind real fast, I'm going to go cough up a lung. One second. And we're back. Uh, speaking of intermittent breaks, the the internet does drop out a couple times during our chat. Um, I did not catch all of them, I don't think. So if that happens, I would love to have like a sound effect. There's a podcast I listen to that has does the record scratch whenever that stuff happens. Uh, you know, maybe I'll download the the bum 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 or just record me doing it uh, from Price is Right. So. Um, but that's a lot of editing and a lot of work and I don't get paid for this. You know what I'm saying? There's that deep voice again, ladies. Yeah. Steward coming for you, buddy. Uh, anyway, so it's, um, back to Randall. I was super excited to talk to him because he was just happy and he's at sundown high school. Uh, one of the things I focused on mostly thanks to Beth Obel and Mel Edwards, uh, the, the past seven interviews, there are a couple that are not like this, but I focused on the teachers that I don't normally focus on, and that is 1, 2, 3A schools, elementary, 
Um, I did get a Scott Vernon in there. I did get a Ginger Morris in there. But the other few are people that um, I wouldn't normally go get because I just, I don't know who these people are. And that's the whole point of the podcast. So um, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to go cough again. And we're back. So uh, that's about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm excited about Texas Thespians coming up, the big festival. And then also T-Tech coming up January 12th through 14th. Uh, registration is open for that. I know that that's typically slow going right at the top because people are like, I'm just now asking my administration to pay for something thespian related and administrators don't typically know the difference because it all goes to the same place. Um, so I understand that registration is slow for that, but we do have people that have already registered and it's like kind of awesome that like where we're going, Rockwall, uh, the hotel right on the lake, Lake Ray Hubbard. It's kind of awesome. So that's about it. I don't have much else to say. I finally officially became an employee of the University of Houston. Uh, I've been adjuncting there this past semester and not getting paid for it. Thanks, Gary. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Like I, uh, It's so much fun. It is so much fun to teach college kids. Um, I'm just, I'm having the time of my life, so I'm very grateful for it, but I finally officially became an employee, so that's really, really nice, you know? Um, that's about it. Let's get to Randall Ramirez. Uh, no relation to Bobby, Bobo, Bobskis, Robert, uh, but Randall Ramirez, such a fun interview. He's going to make a lot of you feel like you're doing it wrong uh, because of all the things that he does out of literally the kindness and warmth of his heart, so uh, enjoy this week's interview with Mr. Randall Ramirez. Uh, that's for used to. I am the theater teacher at Sundown High School. Um, we are a small 2A at the bottom of the panhandle. Um, our closest big city would be Lubbock. We're about 35 minutes outside of Lubbock. Um, I have been a district employee for the last, I'm starting year 13 this year, but this is my first year as the official theater teacher. At the at the high school, I have been um, I've been an elementary reading teacher. I have been the district librarian. Um, I have kind of run like a theater club where we have done. Um, I directed the junior high and high school one acts for the last seven years. Um, in the last four years, we've started putting on fall shows. Um, anything from small kids shows like the Stinky Cheese Man to um, you know, Don Zolaitis's Game of Tiaras, and right now we're working on the Lightning Thief musical. So it's definitely grown into some pretty cool things. Um, I like what we're doing out there. Uh, I kind of fell into teaching, honestly. Um, it was one of those things that I knew I probably should have been a teacher all along, but I fought it with every fiber of my being because I just didn't want to. I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to take a gap year in between undergrad and grad school and then go and get my MFA in arts administration and be a fundraiser for a big theater company in New York and do all the things that at 22 we say we're going to do. Um, but then in that gap year, I realized, oh, you have to have money to take a gap year. <laughs> and I started off as a substitute teacher. And there really weren't any openings in the high school at that time. So I subbed a lot in the elementary in my hometown. I grew up in Sundown where I teach. So I'm 
I'm one of those that graduated from my hometown and came back to teach there. Um, but when I started subbing, I realized that it was what I wanted to do. Um, and it was just so fun to make those connections with those kids. And I ended up subbing for a woman who was retiring that year. And she had so many of her days built up that she only worked four days a week. And every Friday was her day that she was like, I'm not teaching today. It's going to be Randall. Randall's coming in. And so I always got to kind of do like the tests and the, the end of the week activities that a lot of times as teachers were like, oh gosh, we don't want to do this. So this, this teacher had enough days built up that that got to be what I did every week. And um, I ended up being offered a job at a neighboring school for a year teaching fourth and fifth grade ELA. And then when she officially retired, I got moved into sundown and taught there. And I taught fifth grade reading and spelling for five years and loved it, but knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so the position moved for me to be the librarian and they're like, but we also want you to start directing shows and doing these things with the kids. And so I got like a 30 minute class period with my high school kids every day where I got to work with them and we would read plays and we would start planning things and everything just kind of grew from there. And then this year it was presented to me that I could teach the high school theater class. And so it just felt like a natural move. I had been feeling that I need to do something new. I need to do what I want to do. And it just kind of worked beautifully that I was able to step into this role and start teaching high school theater with these kids now. And we've got really good numbers at my school for theater, um, which was really my goal all along. I wanted to make something you know, there in my little small town, I, I wanted to show those kids that were like me when I grew up there, that I was the band theater yearbook editor. I was that nerdy kid that did not play sports. I liked them. I went and watched them all, but I wasn't the sports kid. And so I felt like there's definitely a need in my hometown to be the person to come back and be like, no, we can do this too. And I have like 70 kids in my classes this year. And in a school of, you know, maybe 200 high schoolers to have that many kids in theater class is really kind of a cool thing. And I'm just really excited by it. And I've really enjoyed this side of it now, not just directing, but also getting to have that daily influence of like teaching them and working with them. And so that's kind of my teaching journey. I, I went to school in Abilene at Hardin Simmons University. Um, I'm working on my master's degree right now. Um, through Regent University. Uh, it's an online program out of Virginia. Um, I eventually want to be able to use that master's degree to teach dual credit classes to my kids so that, you know, my kids can go to college. And even if they don't want to major in theater or if they don't want to be an art person, they still have that opportunity to knock that fine arts credit out of the way before they go off to college and just have a little something under their belt. Um, I always tell kids every day, my goal is not to have you thank me one day at the Tonys, but my goal is for you to be one of those people that goes to community theater and goes, oh, hey, I was in theater in high school. I know how much work that takes. I know how hard that is. I know what those people do. That's that's my goal as a teacher. I don't, I mean, yes, eventually I want someone to thank me in their Tony speech. So any and all present, past, future students, if you're listening, 
thank me in your Tony speech, but also for the people who go back and teach at their high school, I want them to be like, oh yeah, I remember going to and doing theater with Mr. R. I remember when I did this play and I got to do this. That's more what I want. I want kids to just know that this is a creative outlet that they can appreciate in the long run. So that's kind of my story. Yeah. You make a lot of people sound really just horrible. (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. In a good way. (laughs) Uh, No, that was, I mean, I like, I'm ready to bust through a wall for you right now. Um, So my goofy question to start off, your last name is not that difficult to pronounce. Why do people call you Mr. R? (laughs) Um, Because when I started teaching in elementary, Oh, those little guys couldn't say it. Okay. That makes sense. Um, They, they couldn't say, and my first name is Randall. And so it always just kind of worked. And I have family members that also teach at the school. So it was just an easy way for me to differentiate myself from the family. Okay. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, I know there, I mean, I know a lot of people with some very difficult, like Polish last names that, you know, go by shorter names but that that makes sense the elementary element i didn't think about that so um i don't know which order of i I wrote down uh, quite a few questions here but i i don't know which order i should go in now that you've kind of i kind of want to leave the inspirational stuff till the end um uh so can you grocery shop in peace never okay never yeah no, that's a lie. COVID helped me out with that. Okay. I can online curbside. grocery shop and then yeah. just pick it up in my car. Yeah. Curbside. I'm talking about like going into the store. Yeah. But even then you probably have had some kids, some former students or even current students that are filling up your car with the groceries you ordered online. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's really funny with, uh, with my upbringing, you know, I've taught in this small school for so long. My whole family lives here. Yeah. Um, my my family is known and then also because this is what teachers do we also have random other jobs and so for years i worked at a movie theater and like hosted movie parties and i've served on several boards as a board member at like local community theaters and so people hate going grocery shopping with me because like you know everybody (laughs) like yeah sorry i do (laughs) do you know why your family settled there um, lots of different reasons. My, um, both of my parents grew up about an hour from here. Okay. Um, my mom lived in this town for a very small amount of time when she was growing up and always just had such good memories of this place. Sure. And, uh, my dad worked in, uh, oil exploration for years along with being a pastor. Okay. And so we always... West Texas has always been our center of operation because it's oil. So that's kind of what brought us here and what kept the family here. Is it, is it like, I don't know where Hardin Simmons is, but I know they were, they had a booth at TXCTA. So I know there's something, uh, where, where is it relative to where you are? They're in Abilene, which is like kind of smack dab in the middle of Texas. So it's about three and a half hours away from here. Okay. I should have listened to that. You did say I went to school in Abilene. So, uh, uh, it is, you said you're about an hour from Lubbock or so. About 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. So is that red Raider country where you are? Right. Smack in the middle of it. 
Um, okay. It was definitely fun listening to the Tech UT game while driving home from Theater Fest yeah. this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a Tech fan or no? I am, okay. actually. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, here in Lubbock, that's all there is. Yeah. You know, we right. don't have any sports teams. We don't have a, you know. So. Yeah, that's funny, though. Uh, that is, the, you know, it's it's different. It's funny to think about, you know, being a big city guy, uh, having professional sports and not being from a college town that college is their professional everything. So, yeah. It is. I get that. Um, so, I kind of wrote this down and bear with me if it, the wording is weird, but, uh, being that so many people know you, uh, and I want you to be, I want you to be careful with this. What's something <laughs> I don't know that I like this what, already. <laughs> <laughs> what's something that you think nobody knows about you that you would be willing to share, uh, like on the record, like, you know, like, so for instance, I always point out behind me, a lot of people know I like wrestling. Uh, I say it all the time on here, but not a lot of people know that I collect wrestling figures, not dolls figures. Um, and so, you know, that's, I'm not embarrassed by it, but people don't know that about me. Is there something about you, like kind of like that, a, a weird hobby or a. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, my, my random go-to fact that I always talk about is um, I'm pretty sure I was born left-handed and I was trained to be right-handed. So when people see me like doing stuff with my left hand, they're like, what, what are you, what are you doing? That's weird. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's me. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but that, my mom always thought she was raised to be right-handed, but she was born left-handed. So I, I understand that. Yeah. So, you, I don't know. That's my weird random fact about myself. Can you write? With <laughs> it? Can you? Are you like full on ambidextrous, or you you just do other I, things? I can kind of write. It looks like an elementary kid writes if I write with my left hand, <laughs> but but I do a lot of other things. Like like if I start building stuff or carrying stuff, I'm always a left hand person first. And, Interesting. Okay. What about yeah. like kicking? I usually go right on okay. that one. I had to think about that for a second. Right. I mean, the only reason I say that is because my daughters are both in soccer, and so every once in a while I'm like, I really favor my right leg. <laughs> I should, I should. <laughs> anyway. I'll have to pay attention next time we have a kickball <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> Which one am I kicking with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is there something that scares you or um, maybe uh, keeps you a little bit apprehensive about a larger – school i don't know that scared is the word yeah I would that's use. a weird word but um i think i prefer small schools okay if that's a if that's an option that um there's something very unique about small school teaching yeah um it's such a cool place to be i mean it has its drawbacks. If I want to go to a movie, I have to drive 45 minutes. Like if I want to go watch a professional sporting event, I have to drive all the way to Dallas, which is like six hours. But there's also something so cool to be said. I've now been teaching long enough at this school that like, I'm now teaching kids of students that I taught my first few years while I was teaching. And, um, I always like to keep like, if they send me a graduation announcement, I have a wall that I keep them on. And when I was in elementary, 
I remember one little girl coming up to my wall in the library and going, hey, look, that's my mom. I'm like, you're right. I'm 90. That is your mom. <laughs> so that's not something you get in a lot of big schools. I, it's, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But it's also one of those things that you're not exposed to as much. And there's just something so quaint about these small towns. Like if something ever happens to someone in our town, like we immediately get an email. They're like, hey, the school's starting a food chain. We're having a bake sale on Friday. If one act wants to make buttons and bring brownies, student council's bringing this and you're bringing this. And it's nothing for my little tiny town to like present a family with a $10,000 check at the end of a month because it's just what we do in this town. We help our own. And I think that's very unique to small towns. And I think that's something I would miss if I didn't have it. So what about what about on the other end? Because you, you kind of talked about like if something happens to a family or, or somebody, what about the other side celebrating? Like, do you guys, I mean, is it as Hollywood as you guys put on a parade for somebody receiving an achievement of some sort? I mean, are there, is it that kind of town or is that just Hollywood? It, it, it kind of is Hollywood. There are definitely times where like, we will have like special assemblies or something happens, you know, like if something big happens to someone at our school, we will have yeah. a celebration. Like the big signing day things are really kind of fun at a small school when you get to see their little brothers and sisters come up to the table with them and their parents. It's really neat because we're all in one building. So it's really kind of fun. When I was the librarian, I had the three-year-olds that would come in for story time. But then after they would leave, I had my high school one act kids. I'm like, Oh yeah, I just had your little brother or I just had your cousin. And so it's always a fun through line. And I really like that about it. Uh, so you just made me think of something. So as a librarian, there there's an element of storytelling that you, you know, acting out a story when you're talking to three, four, five year olds in a library setting were there, were there pieces of that that you take into a classroom for your high school kids directing, teaching them storytelling based on just how you interact with the young kids? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think there's so much we can learn just from, from those moments. And I always felt like that was some of my best practice for getting ready with my high schoolers, like getting to do those. And so much so that when we did Seussicle a few years ago, I made it a point to like my guy who played Horton had to read Horton. Here's a who at library story time at some point with my kids, you know, we always did something like that just to give them that opportunity. Uh, there were times I'd have my kids go ask an elementary teacher, Hey, what's a story that you always read out loud to your classes. And my one act kids would record it as an audiobook to send yeah. to them. So it was kind of fun to have that interaction. Yeah. That is kind of cool. Do you, are, do you do shows with your high school kids that are geared towards the elementary kids, like in order to get kind of that community element? There are a lot of times I will, I usually try to make my musicals big enough that I can incorporate all ages. Um, the very first musical we ever did at sundown was probably about 10 years ago. And we did wizard of Oz. And I wow. definitely cast 60 munchkins from the elementary just to, to do that. And we did the same thing with Susicle. I had a whole bunch of little who's running around in that show. You still have hair. 
Oh, it's thinning. I promise. That's why this year lightning thief is junior high and high school only. <laughs> wow. That wizard of Oz is your first. So that was the first musical that high school ever did. It was the first musical that was ever done at that school. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, I, that's a big show. A I swung big. I swung big. Yeah. I regret it every day, but I swung for it, man. <laughs> did you, did you have flying or did you figure out ways around that? We figured out ways around it. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was fun to jump into that as my first big that's crazy. Yeah. That's one of the shows that I've always sworn that I'll never do again. <laughs> just... <laughs> that and Susicle, man. I'm glad we did it. And yeah. People sat through it and loved it. But ooh. <laughs> yeah. Susicle can be rough too. I... Anyway. All right. Good for you. Um, so, uh, do you, this is again, another weird question, but I just, I don't know the small town and small school world. So it's basically just my own selfish curiosity. Do you feel more relaxed in a small town setting at your school? Or do you feel like, uh, and not necessarily at your school actually, or do you, or do you feel like you are worried about, Oh, I know, all these people that, you know, all these neighbors, I know everybody in town. Do you feel like you're kind of always on alert or do you feel relaxed because you know, everybody? It's mostly relaxed. Okay. I'm going to call it 80, 20. Okay. All right. Um, because there is something to be said about, you know, knowing, yeah, I taught these people or yeah, I went to high school with these people yeah. and I definitely also have times where like, if a kid's saying something, I can pull out my phone back. Like, I've got your mom on speed dial. <laughs> like I know where your dad works. Right. Come on now. <laughs> right. Right. How many people at your school or t- working at your school went to your school? Do you know about? Um, I'm going to say probably around 10 to 15 of us. Okay. It's kind of growing a little bit more that way. Um, a lot of us, it, we, we kind of realize we've got a good thing going at that place. Right. It's a, it's a great school. Um, um, so, and, uh, uh, you mentioned at the end of your kind of your, your journey that you're in a master's program, uh, which is great. I did an online master's program too. I did it for much different reasons than you did it. And that's why I said, you're making people sound bad because you, you are in a program so that you can teach kids dual credit courses. So yes, I think most, if not all teachers go into a master's program so that they can help their students or help students, whether that be their current students or future students, you know, uh, uh, at a different school or something. But like, I, like for instance, I went into a master's program thinking I was going to be an administrator. Like that's not a, sure you could argue that that's helping students but like yours is so very specific in a, in a good way in a positive way that i don't know if i'm asking you a question but i'm just telling you <laughs> i just i just think i commend you i mean i think that that's amazing that you you're doing it so that you can open your pretty much open up your curriculum your classroom up to just being able to service the kids more i i just i just think that's very commendable well, I appreciate it. And I really just think it's about exposure. Yeah. Um, being in a small town with only 1,200 people, 
there's not a lot of exposure to the arts unless I'm doing it at the school with the kids. We have a community college nearby. We have a community theater nearby. I work with all of them to, you know, try to incorporate some of their stuff into it. But I really just, I want some exposure for these kids. I want them to know that there's more out there. Are there things that your community theater can do that you cannot because it's in an educational setting or is it, is it, because it's a small town, it's kind of like, well, no, no pun intended, but we're kind of all in this together. So if, if they, if they do it, then we will likely do it. Cause it's the same people coming to see these things. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I tend to err on the conservative side sure. with shows that I do at school, but, um, I'm always looking at their seasons and their shows and figuring out, okay, which one can I take them to? Right. What what can I expose them to? Um, I'll be the first person to tell you whenever I played the governor of Texas in the best little whorehouse in Texas, I told no one about it until like tickets were sold out. I'm like, oh yeah, I was in this show. I played the governor. What show? Oh, you've never heard of it. It's fine. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, then when we did Sweeney Todd and I was in that show, I mean, I definitely got some waivers signed, but I so took my high school kids to come see that one. Right. Right. That's funny. Uh, you know, um, it's just, I, you know, it's a very different world. And I think that's partially why you came highly recommended is because, you know, on, at least on my podcast, I have a lot of six, a five, a directors. And I think in a lot of six, a and five, a directors minds, they're a bigger deal than one, two, three, a directors, no offense to four a's, but anyway, um, you know what I mean? So I, 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 I don't want to, I don't mean to be asking you questions about, you know, small town girl living in a lonely world kind of thing. But, uh, uh, I, I just, it's again, this is very selfish for me to be able to learn what else is out there. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a different world out here. Um, there are a lot of times, um, well, one of my very best friends is Melissa Stuff that's yeah. the head theater teacher at Belton, and that's a giant 6A. And I love that she gets to direct six shows a year, and she has so many kids. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I wish I could do that. But also, I really love that I have late rehearsals at night that I schedule after the kids get out of football practice right. because one of the quarterbacks is one of my actors. Or, you know, the head runner of the cross-country team is you know in my show so it's i really like the sharing that we get to do with all the kids and um and then working in a small school it you have a lot of different hats that you wear i'm a senior class sponsor i'm uil coordinator i I teach a journalism class i you know i do lots of different things with my kids so it it keeps me on my toes it's an adventure i like moving i like shaking things up so i like doing different things what uh what does that balance look like to you like how often do you have to be in touch with people outside of the fine arts oh no did i lose you again are you there oi you there dang
take three. It's Xfinity, man. They suck. <laughs> like, I'm glad I don't have sponsors because well, <laughs> uh, Xfinity sucks. For the record, um, I don't. I don't remember what I was. Uh, oh, that's what I was asking. The balance. Um, what is like? How often do you do you guys meet at the beginning of the year and figure out a calendar, or is it almost a week to week thing where you know? Okay, I've got a. I've like you said, I've got the quarterback in my show or the head of the cross country team. Do you, do you schedule often, or do you schedule right at the beginning of the year? Um, we do a lot of scheduling at the beginning of the year. Um, as a district, we all okay. kind of have a meeting where we're like, okay, here are the district dates for football. Here are the district games for basketball, softball, baseball. When can we fit one act in? when when do we have time for that band concert when do we have time for that fall show and um i've also just kind of got it worked out now where i know okay band practice is on tuesday night football's wednesday and thursday you know wednesday and thursday i'm practicing on mondays okay and then when football season is over then i pick up thursday nights as well right okay yeah it's uh Again, it's fun. I I do. I was not raised in the one act play system. I think people that listen to this podcast uh, are tired of hearing me say that. Um, but uh, it 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 always blows my mind um, with how much time is spent rehearsing one act play in five and six a schools. So for you, when do you start that process? How how long does that normally go? We, our contest is always the week before spring break. Okay. So early, middle of March. I, my goal is to always have auditions right before we get out for Christmas. So I'll try, I'll wrap up my fall show. We'll have auditions usually the week before finals, finals week. I post cast list, give them their scripts and maybe do a read through if we have time. Right. So that kids have a script in their hand to take home over the holidays. And then we rehearse two nights a week. Okay. Wow. There are people that just heard that and are like, what? (laughs) Two nights nights a week? (laughs) Okay. Two hours a night. Yeah. Two two days a week. And I I think that's amazing. I'm a smarter, not harder kind of guy, uh, which can be surprising because I'm not very smart. But it's um, that's that's good. There there are so many programs that I know of that not only bust their, you know, what's for eight hours a week, but might go over the eight hours, not going to name any names, but, um, and it, and it always blows my mind that they're, they're quite successful programs out there that don't do that. Um, that don't need to do that. And it's, it always, I always wonder what, what is it about those programs that the magic sauce, you know, the, the, whatever it is that's, that's doing that. What, um, what type of success have you had? I don't know too much about. Um, in the seven years I've been there, we, we have not made it to the big show yet. We have been alternate twice. You've been alternate to state. Um, we've been alternate to state twice. Oh, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. That's I'll, I will take top 12 any yeah. day. Um, we've had several regional appearances, but then, you know, two years in a row, we get knocked out at by district. Right. So it really just, it's, it's the game you play right. and we just learn to be proud no matter how far we get. Yeah. 
No, that's very good. There you go, man. You, if you're not inspiring people right now, I don't, I, I, they must not be listening, but I want I want to get you out of here on this because I'm going to edit this so that it doesn't sound like we had the internet drop twice completely out. But just I'm also going to include me saying the internet dropped out twice. <laughs> so let's not play with it fire. was fun. It was a fun time. <laughs> let's, let's not play with fire too much. But I I want to get you out on this. I've asked um, and I don't remember all all of the 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 guests that I've had on that are in the one two threes and maybe not so much fours anymore because those are four A's are quite big as well. But in the one, twos and threes, I, I will typically ask, what is it? What is something about not necessarily a small school, although it could be, but a small school, small town, sm- small community. What is it that we are as a, as larger schools and larger communities? What is it that we think is happening in those areas? But what is really happening? Like what, what is a, a, a a stereotype that is just you know hey give us a chance it's actually not that true um well okay we'll go ahead and start with um, my school mascot is the roughneck because we are oil field workers um and that is that is that is who we are um i promise you we don't all show up in hard hats and riding horses um <laughs> because you think oh west texas it's just dirt and wind yeah um but what I've really learned, and especially through organizations like TXETA and Theater Fest, um, I have the same problems you guys have. Um, we have the same kids. We have the same things. Um, and in so many ways, yes, the opportunities are bigger in a small, in a big school, but we still have the same ones here. And we still have that chance to impact kids because even at the big schools, there's more of them, but there are still those kids that aren't the athletes, that aren't the, you know, the stars that you think they are, but just need a place. And so I think in the big schools, it's more visible, but we're still here in the small schools. And I think that's one of my biggest things is just letting people know, yeah, we're small, but we have some really cool things that happen out here. Yeah. Um, I this is just a a random tangent story, but I always like talking about it. When we did our fall show last year, we did it on September 11th and we did the play 110 stories, which is monologues about first responders and survivors. And I love this small little town because all I had to do was send out an email to the staff and be like, Hey, who wants to be in this show with the kids? I had teachers from all three campuses. I had two of the three principals. I had the superintendent, school board members, the mayor, was in it and it was just the most random readers theater show that we had done but probably the one that sticks with me the most as just the most impactful thing i've done with my kids because it opened their eyes to a whole new set of people doing theater with them and i think that's what makes a small school special there aren't a lot of people that i can say yeah i just went to my superintendent's office and said here's a script i want you to play this part he went yeah i'm in let's do it my new 